welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea, and it is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. And today I am speaking to a man named John Hurd, an amazing story of being a runner, started running in his 60s, and we're going to hear all about it. He's written a book, and I think you're going to be very inspired by what he has to say. So thank you, John, for coming on the show. Thank you, Kim. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So tell me about your whole backstory. Where did you come from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in West Tennessee. Um, I was born in a town that makes the smallest dot they have on a map for under 250 population <laughs> on a sharecropper farm and uh, moved to a big city with 10,000 populations when I was four and my father had been killed and my mother was raising five oh. kids. Moved to Memphis, Tennessee at age 13. So I consider that my growing up phase and uh, spent most of my life there, except for a short hitch in the Navy during the Korean war and a few years with IBM, which stands for I'm busy moving um, (laughs) from New York state to Memphis, to Kansas city, to Washington, DC. And wow. I discovered that my hands didn't fit snow shovels. And so I went back South. (laughs) It's an important thing to know, right? (laughs) That's pretty incredible. And so now you you got into running at some point. Have you been running your whole life? Actually, no. That's something you've been doing? I didn't start. My first competitive race was age 61. I started training for the Senior Olympics at age 60, which I just learned about by happen chance, reading the local newspaper in Memphis. And the story was about a friend I had known in college who was a world-class sprinter, and he was still coaching and competing in in something called the Senior Olympics. Official name is National Senior Game Association, very large national organization. And uh, it said that they have five-year age brackets for for all the events. And... My friend was three years younger than I, and so I reasoned that if uh, I get in shape and don't have to run against him but two times out of five years, I may enjoy this. And so I gave it a try, and 30 years later, I'm still doing it. That's that's amazing. So how did you get into running to start with then? What drew you to that? How did I get? How did you get started in running? What drew you to even consider doing this if you haven't been doing it all your life? What I did was when I learned about that is um, it was about a a Tennessee statewide event that we were writing about then. So I called the headquarters in Nashville and said, what kind of times do people my age, 60, 61, do in the 100 meter dash? And he gave me some numbers and didn't mean anything to me, but it was something to aim at. And so I started walking briskly first of two or three months before I, I've never been a jogger, but I'm, I've walked a lot all my life. But I started, just started uh, learning to sprint, bought, bought some running shoes, bought some track shoes. And uh, my first competition was the summer of 19. 93 when I was 61 years old and I liked that I, I qualified to go to the state championships a month later and uh, came 
within a foot of getting a bronze medal. <laughs> and uh, just wow. continued, kept up. It, the organization has national championships every two years. And uh, each state has their own championships every year. And you qualify for the nationals in that odd number year. So I've met a lot of friends. Some of them beat me like a rented mule. And some of them I finally learned to beat later on. And it's, it's been fun. Still got a lot of friends from it. And, and that's, that's in- most of them are still alive, but not all of them. I'm 91 years old now. Okay. I've been doing this for 30 years. And so you're still running Absolutely. now. In fact, I just came back from the trike a little while ago, and I'm still wearing my running shirt. I didn't have time to put my tuxedo <laughs> on. <laughs> Good thing this video is not being recorded, John. Um, that's that's so great that you're doing that. So do you get like a runner's high? You hear people talking about they get a runner's high. I mean, do you feel that? Have you always felt that? Or you just feel exhilarated because you're able to do this? Or, or what do you feel when you're running? I feel like I'm improving myself physically, mentally, and uh, it dawned on me after a few years that I actually feel more confidence in my general life after having run presentably well for a while. And so I'm, uh, I've had a few awards. I've had a whole lot of medals, and uh, I'm afraid to quit running because I might get old. <laughs> That's that's probably a good strategy. It's been working for you so far. And I have a wow. wife who has supported um, me a hundred percent all the way. She won't let me miss an oh, event. She won't let me miss great. a workout. That is great. Does she work out too? Does she take good care of herself? Or She's had some she just reading for setbacks you? Uh, physically. She okay. slipped and fell a couple of times, and so she's mm. had a, a she can. Be, She's reconditioning herself to get back to walking. That's great. But she had, from high school and college, she collected more medals and trophies than I did as a swimmer and a baton twirler. That was her thing. And she did it at the time people expected to do it. I was a few years late to that. Because when I was in school, I wanted to think that someday I could be an athlete but I was so tiny. I won't even use the word small. When I was 15 in the 10th grade, I was five feet even, weighed 92 pounds. The only sport they had for my weight was boxing. So I took that Mm. up. And uh, then I just gave up the idea of of being a schoolboy athlete until I was 60 years old and happened to read that story about it. And that got me turned on again. Here I am in my, I, I see the doctors regularly. I didn't do that for several years at all, but they support me all the way down the line. They're really good at that. I got a four-year-old pacemaker. My cardiologist has issued one prescription, Gatorade. That's it. Really? No medicines, no nothing. Just keep running. We want you to do that. And so here I am. So you would say this has been really good for your health, sounds like, right. with the running. And there's studies about all this exercise, too, being really good for your brain. And it seems like that's that's working for you, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so you two, the two of you, you and your wife are both very 
interested in valuing physical fitness, you understand the value of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it, yeah. I've been blessed with pretty good health most of my life and uh, with good metabolism. I, I just never fluctuated with my weight. Same thing I weighed when I got discharged in 1953. And uh, I want to maintain that. So that's part of it. Um, somebody asked me on an interview a couple of days ago, what benefits do you, you think a person who's, say, 50 or 60 and hasn't been very active, why would they want to go out and try to con- get in a physical condition now? And my first thought was they'll probably, they should feel better. Uh, they should be a, a bit health, healthier and they might even live longer. And they should have a better time in life. Because knowing that if you have to run to catch a streetcar, you're not going to just automatically drop over, that kind of thing. It's, it's good for you all the way around. Plus, you make a lot of friends, as I said. And that's a good part of it. Even the ones that are trying to beat you in your own age group. Some of them have been my biggest supporters. Just... The ones that did beat me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of camaraderie because... You have the same mindset. Yep. You know, you're still doing the same thing. You're on the same team in many regards. I think that's the key word, mindset. Yeah. What would you mindset? Yeah. What would you recommend for somebody though who's thinking about what should they do? Should they do this? Um, how would you recommend they get started? Well, first off, if it's something physical like sports, uh, and you don't consider yourself in condition now then you might check it with your, your physician and say, you know, what have I got to look out for? And he probably will recommend that you start very slow and that you build up gradually. And uh, by if you're going to be running, whether it's in the streets or on a track, buy a good pair of shoes or more than one and uh, be consistent with it. Well, should I run and work out in the morning or the afternoon? Which is better? Most of them will tell you that morning is probably better, but more important is consistency. If you do it at the same time each day, and you don't have to work out every day, depending on what you're doing. But when you do, it should be a, a rhythm, a, a consistency. So the experts say, and I've always followed that. And it's worked for me. And the, the other thing what time is, of day do you work out? If you're going to, I'm sorry. If you're going to be improving something specific, like um, how many push-ups you can do or how your golf score, to, score is going to go or how far you can swim across a lake, those kinds of things, or how much weight you want to reduce, get a goal, put it down on paper, and track it from start to finish. And then when you reach that one, set another one and so on. And my, my primary care doctor is also a runner. He runs triathlons and 5Ks and that kind. And uh, he's been behind me 100% also. And that that helps. But if you got somebody at home, like a wife, a spouse, a husband, who supports you, that makes it all that much easier. It really does. Everybody should be so blessed. Because of the time? Oh, that's sweet. Is that is that because of the time that it takes that you feel like people need support? Uh yeah, uh, there'll be 
things that will consume your time, like when you go to a meet that might not be in your hometown. If it's a state championship, okay. it'll be somewhere else in that state. For example, in Florida, we have 18 venues that people compete in to qualify for the state. And they go to the state in the even-numbered years to qualify for the nationals the following year. So it takes about as much, depending on how close you are to a place to to train, uh, I'm, it takes me about three hours to get there and back and, and have a decent workout because it's a 30-mile drive each way. Because the northwest Florida, okay. northwest part of Florida doesn't have a lot of properly surfaced rubberized tracks at the high schools. And so I have to drive to Destin to get to an elementary school that has a track to train. And it takes me. Wow. But that's no more than if I spent a, a day playing 18 holes of golf, that would probably take three, three hours also. So time is what you make of it. That's a good point. So do you, is that how much you do every day when you work out? You take three hours? Yeah, I, I retired at, in uh, the year 2000, so I have that time available. But I'm as busy now as I was when I was working. In fact, I worked more, longer, harder hours when I was 11 years old than I have since then. 90 hours a week, setting pins in a bowling alley. So I've been used to working. That. That's that's amazing. You've been basically a hard worker your whole life, dedicated to whatever you're doing, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your book. You wrote a book. It's called Johnny Run Lately, The Life and Adventures of a Latter-day Sprint Champion. Tell me about that. How did you decide to write a book? Well, in, uh, oh, I've been running about 20 years, I guess, when my hometown, Memphis, Tennessee, uh, inducted me into the Memphis Athletic uh, Memphis Amateur Sports Hall of Fame, and there was a big to do in the newspaper and and my alma mater, Memphis State College, at that time uh, did a story on me, and they they, they named it Johnny Run Lately, so that's where I got the title. But from that, I had a big gathering of friends and family who came from from out of town and local and so forth there and, and we had a big weekend of it and they they said Johnny you ought to write a book about your whole life and how and how you got into running and what it's meant to you and all of that and so I did and uh, I asked the the lady at the college if she minded if I used that title and she didn't respond to it so I considered that a yes <laughs> And then this, the second one I wrote uh, within the last couple of years, entitled A Sprint to the Gold, is about how I did that without a trainer or a coach. How I was awarded the Hall of Fame title, uh, Amateur of the Year, all, uh, brought up all, all uh, sports or whatever uh, in Pensacola. And then amateur of the year at the All Sports Association in Northwest Florida, and uh, it's uh, it's been a thrill. Sounds like it. Sounds yeah, like it. It took me a while to finish the first book because I'm not a 
I'm one of those kids who didn't like to go to the library in school. I didn't like to write themes okay. and term papers and didn't write all that many. So if those teachers were still alive now, they would say, Johnny Hurd didn't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I had a lot of fun. And there was a lot of emotion involved in it, too. Uh, just thinking back mm-hmm. to all the things that I have been so blessed with all my life. And very, very oh, thankful beautiful. for it. That's really neat. That's a nice process that you took the time to do that, I think. It's nice if people can do that. It's a nice gift to leave, even if you never publish it. It's a nice gift to leave behind for somebody else to read. Just your story and your mindset, how your perspective has maybe changed over time and what you value. That's nice that you did that. How long do you think it took to write? How long did what? How long do you think it took to write your book? Honestly, a couple of years. Okay. That sounds pretty normal, actually. Pretty average, oh, you know. It's it's hard to write a book. I, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of dedication. I have a, a son who's sitting across the room, uh, majored in English, uh, creative writing, and all of that. And so when I won the my first national gold medals in 2013 in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, he was the one who flew in from Memphis to be with me all that time. And so I let him write the chapter about his, his version of the, of the, the national competition and particularly my part in it, uh, that year. So, uh, I had a little help along the way. That's brilliant. I've never heard of anybody letting somebody else write a chapter in their book. That's a great idea because I'm sure it's a very different perspective. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting. And I promised him I wouldn't change a word. Whatever he wrote, that's what we do. I bet it was all good. <laughs> that's really and neat. My wife helped um, the covers. And so then, sorry, go ahead. She, oh, she did. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I there's a bit of a delay here. So sometimes I think you're done talking. I apologize for that. I'm not trying to interrupt you. Your your wife designed the cover. Pardon me. Did you say your wife designed the cover? Yes. Of, the now, book? of course, the uh, publisher did all the the real publishing of the thing, but she sketched out what you want, sent them a photograph, that kind of thing, and the wording on the back and, and all of that. And the second book, is the cover has a picture of me in that Cleveland event getting my first national first place gold medal uh, as an individual, not as part of a relay team. I'd already had about two or three of those. And, uh, the son that I mentioned that majored in creative writing took the picture of me finishing over the goal line with his girlfriend's camera. <laughs> so I didn't have to give them the notification in the book. But the, it, it's really great. You have a lot of support for what you're doing. <laughs> That's really neat. So I want to ask you, so if, I don't know if you've been back to high school reunions or anything over your lifetime, but, I mean, if you felt like you couldn't be an athlete before, but now you are as as an older adult, do you feel like maybe if you discovered track at a younger age, you could have done it? Or do you think something has changed in you that allows you to do this now as opposed to when you were in high school? Well, like I said, when I entered high school in the 10th grade, I was five feet even tall. Not five feet one, five feet nothing, 92 pounds okay. by the 
by graduation, I had grown six and a half inches. So it, it oh, was too okay. late to go out for track at that point. And uh, when I went to college, I'd already been in the corporate world for a year or so, and then a couple of years during the Korean War when the Navy wanted me. And uh, so I just kind of gave up on organized athletics. And uh, okay. I still did some boxing in the Navy, but there weren't any track meets in the Navy. Were you surprised in yourself to find that you could do this? I was. I was. My original thought was, you know, a bunch of the speed merchants from my school days are probably sitting around on the couch with sore knees. If I can get in some kind of shape, I might win a, a medal at the state level. Well, I've done that. I've won championships in six different states. And in Florida, I've won in all my three of my events for 16 years out of 16. And uh, it's uh, a whole lot more than I expected in the first place. And I think that probably the key was the support I got at home and with the friends and the fact that I stuck with it because I haven't stuck with anything that long in my life except my marriage. Yeah. Not 30 years, anyway. And she, I've been with her 42 oh. years. And she put up with me. That mm-hmm. That's something to write home about. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It's, it's interesting. A lot of people, I have a son in high school right now. So we, we go to high school football games. We go to different events. And for a lot of people, that high school years or the, the college years are really the big years to be a big athlete. And you've saved this all for the you know the later part of your life. That seems pretty cool to me from my perspective to be able to go grab that brass ring later seems pretty impressive. Do you feel, do you feel like you're happy that I mean, if you had to choose between doing it when you're a younger man or doing it as an older man, do you feel like you're happy that you're doing it? now? I am. If I had to choose between them, I'd prefer what I'm into now. Cause that, that might've been two or three years for your 15 minutes of fame. And then it'd be over. Uh, but what I'm doing is, is it's fulfilling. Uh, it makes me feel very, very grateful that I have endured 91 years as well as I have. Because I used to say when I was younger, if I ever lived to be an old age, I'm not going to try to hide it. I'll brag about it. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> That's the way it should be. That's great. I like that. Uh, well, you're very inspiring, and I'm hoping there are people out there who are listening who might think, oh, I, I never thought about that, that I could do this. And even if it's not running, maybe there's something else they could do that might be a better fit for them. They might have really bad legs or whatever. There's, a, there's so many different ways that you can stay active. Yeah, when, when people ask me, you know, what should I do, first I say, Pick out something that you will enjoy doing. Set some goals. They don't have to be reasonable goals. Think high. But mm-hmm. set them down on paper and follow them and stick with them. Stick with it. And if you find that's not the venue for you, then find something else that is. But be specific about it and keep get set those goals. And that is what contributed to my motivation a lot because 
when I first got started, I had been running for a year or two, and they were having the national championships in, in San Antonio, Texas. And I thought, that's just 750 miles I can drive there in one day. I'm going to go see not how many medals I might be able to win, but how I might stack up as an amateur at this point with these people that have been running for a long time. And so I did. I entered three events, and I was what you call an also-ran. I didn't qualify for the finals of any one of the three, but I set some goals then for the next championship in two years, to be in Tucson, Arizona. And uh, like I said, I spent my entire professional life with computers. And many of those years, I was teaching spreadsheets in in, uh, in college level, uh, Microsoft Excel specifically. So I set up spreadsheet for myself. Uh, these are the things I'm going to be training for. I'm right now. I'm going to start this week, and whatever my times are this week, that's what I'm going to record in these different events. And then I want to be at this place come game time. And so I set out all those columns for a week at a time. And you can do it with three weeks or three days at a time or whatever. But I did that. And I said my specific goals for the Tucson games are twofold. They gave, at that time, they only gave three medals and then three ribbons to the top six performers. Now it's, it's the top eight and they go five ribbons. But my goal was to earn at least one ribbon in the two games I'm going to compete in, the 100 meters and the 200-meter dashes. And the other goal is to qualify for All-American in one of them. All-American is not something that coaches and newspaper people vote on. It is a set specific uh, figure for your age group. If you're going to be running the 100-meter dash and you're 61 years old, then this is the time you have to make to qualify for All-American. So come Tucson, I drove 1,425 miles in my wife's little Honda hatchback and competed for three days, and I got a fifth-place ribbon, and I made All-American. And, wow. and for, the, for the, 20, the last 26 years, I have qualified for All-American 25 times, and when I said it's specific, in 2005, I didn't make it because in the 200-meter dash, I came up a hundredth of a second slow. So I didn't get it. You don't even go ask. When I, when I, when I want to check in to see what I had done, it said uh, 30.01 seconds. And 30 seconds was the, was the All-American march. I looked at that and I said, oh, no. And the lady said, did we do something wrong? I said, no, ma'am, I did. As far as that conversation need go, because you don't don't get the gimmies. And your coach is not going to vote for you, especially if you don't have a coach. (laughs) But it's a a wonderful world. That's impressive. That's great. What's been your favorite running related memory? My favorite memory? Mm-hmm, from yeah, I think one of them. I have a lot of them. One of them was earning that very first individual gold medal in the national championships. 
and then the the Hall of Fame, Athlete of the Year twice in two different organizations. Those are fabulous. But uh, the mem- the friends I made along the way, we, I mean, we best of friends, wishing each other luck till we walked up to the starting line, and then we had total rivals. And yeah. uh, a few seconds later, we're friends again. That's neat. That's neat. Uh, and that's, a, that's neat that that works out. That's way. an ongoing memory, Kim. That's yeah. It is, oh. We've had. You don't get a lot of national recognition with it because uh, uh, most people won't even know you did it. If you don't tell them about it. That's something that the the news will. I mean, the news cameras won't be out there at every event. They have been at some. They might. Uh, you know the the uh, organization in Florida, the Florida Sports Association. The communications director for that called me at once and said, "There is a reporter in town wants to follow a, a senior and just follow him for a few days." And blah, 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 blah. and so he called me, and you know, but there's not a lot of that going on. You just. It's it's pretty well closed. In. Okay. Now, it, they might get well, something seems like an wonderful. award, and then follow that and write a story about you. But that's kind of okay. The way that works. Well, is there something other than telling people where they can find your book and find you? Is there something that you want to share that I have not asked you about? Well, I'd like for everybody to go to my website and take a look at the books. Yeah, and. While they're there, yeah, we'll share that. If they yeah. want that spreadsheet to work for them, uh, pull out your credit card yeah. and you can download it right there. And the instructions are as simple as they can be. You don't have to be a spreadsheet oh. Oh, that's expert wonderful. at all. If you can find a cell address on the spreadsheet, you can find those instructions. They'll say, What's the name of the event? What's your time now? What's the date you want to shoot for? And what increments do you want? Three days, four days, a week, whatever. Uh, and uh, that's basically it. And, and it I will, didn't know you had that here. I've not formulas. been to your website yet. Wow. It'll create the formulas for you and even draw graphs oh. for you, a chart, show you how you're doing. And you can make a copy of that master copy as often as you want for whatever purpose you want. Whether it's something that requires your numbers going up, like long jumping, or going down like like sprinting or golf or weight reduction. Okay. So it's a piece of cake. I have done that ever since I started after that San Antonio event. And every time I go to the track, I know what I'm expected to do this week. Now, I don't always make it, but I get close enough that come, come finish line, I, I've been in pretty good shape. That sounds like a very useful tool. That's wonderful. Oh, okay, well, that's great to know. So that's on your website. And so your website is jherdsenior.com. So that's, and I'll have the link. So if you're listening, you can just click on it, but it's jhurdsr.com. And so you, you can find the information on that spreadsheet, which can help you with your goals. And then you can also find the links to the book. So you can go buy the books Thank there you. as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, John. It's been a real honor to talk to you. You're amazing and inspiring, and I really appreciate your time. I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you learned something, and I hope you enjoyed listening to my guest. If you know somebody who you think would make a great guest on the show, 
would you please contact me? You can go to my website at retirementpurposecoach.com and go down to the contact me section and let me know who I should be talking to. Also, if you are in need of a retirement coach yourself, you'd like some help figuring out what your path is or where you're supposed to be going every day with your life, you can contact me there and set up a free 15 to 20 minute consultation. I'd love to talk to you. Have a great day. Oh, 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 oh,